1: Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, but oh, oh. AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidwick, Michael Hamlet enjoying some well earned time off. Me and Sidg here to review Monday Night Raw. And what did you make of another week of Raw under Papa
2: H? Papa H. Look, like. Uh, I've not been particularly, like, high as a kite. Mm -hmm. This new era is awesome. I've appreciated um, the incremental, necessary, almost insidious changes. With a little bit of perspective, I should say. Uh, Yes, these are important. These are needed. It will eventually, one would think, inform a much better um, show worth investing in. But it's one of those where I have that internal philosophical battle, like, should I be praising a company, a wrestling promotion, that has never had as much resource mm. and financial muscle to be great? Should I really patronize them with praise about things that literally every wrestling company should do mm-hmm. as the bare minimum? Oh, make all of your titles feel important. Oh, make your storylines make sense. <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, so I've always had this internal conflict within me. Um, how pedantic should I be or whatever? under the new Papa H regime. (laughs) What I will say about this show in particular, right, is that I saw, and maybe I'm being harsh, and maybe the changes will come later, and it'll be this thing in three months where we all think, you know what? It is better now, and maybe it's going to last. I saw, the narrative is that um, AEW's backstage, in the parameters of a war, maybe you shouldn't even talk about it like this, but I'm going to. Um, The discourse is that WWE has completely overshadowed AEW of late in terms of buzz, in terms of quality, in terms of interest. Um, The picture painted of AEW by the the pro wrestling media and critical community is of a promotion that is in disarray. Chaos backstage. Chaos backstage and disarray. And uh, they no longer have the Vince benefit of, oh, everyone wants to jump at some point because Vince is there, but now he isn't. And the, the, the narrative I'm looking at, is that WWE is a really hot new phase. I believe even Dave Meltzer, who ordinarily I respect the hell out of, has said that WWE is now the cool promotion. It's got the, it's got the X factor. It's got the interest level. And yeah, you can't deny the reigns
1: have mm. been massively oh, yeah.
2: impressive of late. And there is the buzz. There is um, new conversation surrounding WWE. And uh, the general discourse, and I find it honestly shocking considering how good Dynamite's been of late, is that WWE is the hot, cool, interesting promotion that people are talking about. I saw no evidence of a new era, a white hot product, a new glory period, um, a new halcyon age. I saw none of this on this Raw. I thought it was pretty good when it was at its best. And there was some stuff that was absolutely rancid and or completely unremarkable about it. There was nothing on the show that if you like, were living under a rock, right? you got somehow trapped under a rock for the past two months. And someone sat you down and went you actually want to sit down for this because what's happened is that um, AEW's in backstage turmoil um, there's been some recent creative changes that um, people are a little bit sort of apprehensive or critical of in the meantime sit down comfortably <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon has resigned in disgrace framed it as a retirement but he's resigned in disgrace
1: retired at 77, he was 76 at the time
2: <laughs> Triple H has taken over the reins and oddly enough, considering his reputation during the, the the dying days of black and gold, um he has created this hot new product that has got so much buzz and interest and the numbers bear that out. Mm. So welcome back to civilization, I guess. This is like sit down. Sit down, your mind's gonna get blown because it's the hot new, cool, interesting, buzzworthy, popular wrestling promotion. Like, press play. Your mind's gonna get blown. Press play. Three hours later. What difference? <laughs> I think Dexter's back. That's a Triple H move. Like, what is it about this episode? I thought SmackDown was pretty nothing remarkable as well.
1: Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this episode. It wasn't as good as anywhere near as good as last week's. But like I said, I adored last week. But shouldn't
2: week's. like um, a hot new, buzzworthy, interesting, cool new promotion have a like? Shouldn't it like last month or years?
1: Granted, yeah.
2: Four weeks, and
1: especially for the go home show for Clash at the Castle, yeah, for Monday Night Raw. I just
2: don't see what the big deal is.
1: I think, yeah, I think maybe it's it's my thing of I used to wake up and not necessarily dread watching Raw, but certainly not be like, let's start the week, baby. Like, and I do enjoy watching this far more greatly. More, some might say. And there was elements on this show that I liked. You know, the the chat as always. Chad Gable's great. Yes, Chad Gable, Kurt Angle interaction was enjoyable. Anything involving Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, double thumbs up from me. Um, I said this last week, Dexter Loomis, until he wrestles, because then I'll go, oh, yeah, no, the blooms off the rose. Dexter Loomis is a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine right now. I will hold my hands up and say I thought the main event, the way the main event went was baffling. And even if I'm going to put my I stand for WWE hat on and say, Guys, if you're going to say it about Punk and Mox, you got to say it about the women's tag titles in WWE. Let it play out. It doesn't even make sense in my mind. I can understand why they would do it, but I still went, even if you're going to go, oh, well, Dakota's not the legal, and we'll get into it when we get there. I still thought, right, even if you're going to do that, and even if you're going to give us the real thing we want regarding these tag titles down the line, and I'm not even talking about Kai and Sky winning them, I just thought... Exactly. Um, But it was, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? Like you say, I'm, I still, maybe it'll be different. Maybe in 2023, or I don't know, in a few months time, I'll come in and, and it is, you always say it is Grady on a curve. And I think because I've been so conditioned, particularly over the years that we've been doing this podcast, have conditioned ha- you good time. To, to come in and have to like, you know, like when they were, what was it called? Panning for gold back in the, the old, wow, worst days. Well,
2: the old man champ, was good pick- at that particular practice.
1: <laughs> when i have to pick through the three hours and go, um, this one second of the show was quite good. Like there was more than one second. Yeah, yeah. But I get that, yes, it, it, I, 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 I do have to temper my, uh, oh, everything's great and everything's fixed because it's not. It's not, and it was exemplified on a numerous occasions on this show, but I wasn't necessarily as negative towards it as, as you were.
2: If you took a guy who's been in a coma for two months, <laughs> right? Big wrestling fan, right? Leans probably towards AEW, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but he likes both. Just mm-hmm. goes about his day, doesn't get into this tribal discourse, right? He's not agenda driven, okay? And he's been in a coma for two months, sadly. Tragic, but you know, mm-hmm. glory be to life. He he's <laughs> recovered. And He wakes up in his hospital bed, and you sit the, and you you tell the guy, "It's good job you're just recovering from a coma because he might want to lie down still." Because boom, this is what's up. No, 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 you don't do that. You don't. It's a different analogy, right? Yeah. different analogy. You wake him up, right? You go, Jeff. Um, glad to see you made it. You pulled through, Jeff. Well done. And he's like, "Ah, oh, thanks, thanks, I don't know what you're doing here, <laughs> but um, yeah, nice to see you, I guess." What do you want to do, Jeff? You're a big hardcore wrestling fan. What you want to do is you want to watch the latest episode of Raw, don't you? Yeah. Click. You sit there and you just watch old Jeff. Right? Just all right, yeah, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Just enjoying the show. Notice anything uh, different about the show? Jeff? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Jeff? And he's going, no? No, uh, keep watching. You might see something. Didn't Dexter Lumis get fired? Yeah, yeah. He's got brought back. I can tell them by who. I'll give the game away. All right, oh. okay. All right. Uh, all right. Oh, I had to go to Kai's back as well? Uh, no, no. What's going on
1: here? <laughs> hey,
2: I'll let you figure it out something different about this. I can't quite put my finger on it. And the reason why I can't put my finger on it is because it's not that different. So <laughs> yes. I have to really sort of think about it. That's Jeff. That's the story of Jeff.
1: Let's dive into this episode anyway, uh, because unlike AEW Dynamite, it didn't start with a bloody promo trend. They just start with wrestling, guys. Uh, it started with a match. It was uh, AJ <laughs> Styles and Dolph Ziggler versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Um, an enjoyable little contest, but, a, a, you know, a nothing match because we all know where we're heading with Clash at the Castle on the horizon. Yeah. Um, Early on, Styles hits Priest with a diving forearm on the outside, takes us to a break. When we come back, Balor's in control. I think at one point, Balor goes for, like, a Styles clash, and Ziggler countered that into a famous set. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, and uh, it was also this weird moment where, like, Balor's on the apron, and Styles gets sort of sent towards him. Uh, you no, know, ducks, I think, a Priest forearm or something. He's basically he, like, wondering why he's so violent. He puts the brakes on, though, like... Oh, God, are careful. I almost knocked Stephanie off the edge of the ring, and she went through a table there. And I was like, no, that's one half of your opponents. Why wouldn't you just run into him and be like, off you go, you prick. It was weird, that anyway. Um, And then Priest just shoved him into Balor anyway. Um, Roll-up gets a two count. Styles puts him in the calf crusher, and Finn Balor pushes the rope slightly closer to Priest, which I quite like to get the uh, breakup of that. Ziggler gets Priest uh, rolled up. I don't know what the referee was doing. He just sort of got interested in AJ Styles at that point. Yes. Uh, to distract him. And that meant that um, Balor tries to come. Oh, Balor comes in. And then in the end, Ziggler gets dropped with the South of Heaven chokeslam for the one, two, three, The win for Balor and Priest. Uh, and as they're celebrating alongside Rhea Ripley, uh, we see a Mercedes showing up on the outside. And, and Edge was going to be there in a second. But we'll talk about the match first.
2: Not a great deal to this. I think the central story was that AJ, I think, hinting that he's going to join the Judgment Day maybe. because he doesn't really want to beat up Finn Balor. That was all very weird. Maybe this was trying to, you know, convey that his head's being turned. And if you're partnering with Dolph Ziggler on Raw on the first hour, maybe your head would be turning. Yes. Oh, Christ, I need a new direction here. Um, Action-wise, there was a few flubs with... Um, Styles and Priest didn't particularly work together, I thought, well. I know there was that one botch where they just missed each other when they were doing a backflip, and there was... But even beyond that, they were kind of struggling through holds, and this didn't really work well together. Um, here's a new curve. This didn't go 15 minutes. There was another match that went on too long, but this didn't go 15 minutes because three hour, three hours is a long run time. Um, they kept it short. They got the story across. Thoroughly unexciting, and already, like, it, I'll never make my mind up, man, like... I was advocating on um, the AEW um, podcast the other week, last week rather, um, entitled something to the effect of how WWE destroyed AEW's growth. Mm -hmm. I've kind of been advocating for AEW to like sort of get off the pot in terms of presenting dream matches and not rotating the cast so much. But then if this is the other end of the extreme, just get half the MLW roster on Dynamite because I'm already getting kind of bored of mm. these worn combinations.
1: We didn't really have a chance to review uh, SmackDown or Rampage because of the bank holiday here in the UK. And my only real takeaway is I don't, I'm don't. i not that arsed about squash matches, but if Powerhouse Hobbs can spike more people with that on Anderson Spinebuster like he did on Rampage, then I'm 100% here for it. Yes. Because I was like, why is no one talking about this? I just love him. Anyway, we're here to talk about WWE. Um, and Judgment Day awaiting it. Sorry, the Judgment Day awaiting in the ring. And Edge comes out. Oh, no, before Edge comes out, sorry. Rhea Ripley says, come down. I'll take what's left of your manhood. Because, of course, she low-blowed him last week. Um, Balor was furious. I like pissed off in Bala. More of this sort of thing. Ray Mysterio's got a documentary. I haven't got one. Edge has got a documentary. I haven't got one. It's a weird hill to die on, but yeah. I kind of get on board with it. Uh, and Priest says, look, you're not in You're not in Toronto anymore. You haven't got Beth Phoenix, who wears the pants in this family, to, to save you. And Edge comes out, of course, and he says, well, actually, both me and Beth wear the pants in our family. It's 2022. Stop being a bloody caveman. You'll be single for the rest of your life. And, uh, and I think then Priest will be happy
2: with that, given the reports I've read.
1: <laughs> Edge... Says, you look all bloody angry and emo. What Couldn't you get tickets to the... <laughs>
2: the my Chemical Romance.
1: <laughs> yeah, My Chemical Romance gig. It was like... See, it looks
2: like more of a ministry guy, Damien Priest. Yeah.
1: Those guys over in Shelbyville. Always makes me think of that whenever they do those weird crowbar references. Anyway, um, Edge says, look... Uh, you haven't learned your lesson. I haven't come alone. And inside the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray, to attack the Judgment Day from behind with kendo sticks. Big brawl breaks out. And then there's the moment. Dominic Mysterio is in the ring with Rhea Ripley. And they're all like, Here, Dom! Hit a woman with a kendo stick. And understandably, he's quite hesitant for this. Uh, and she talks him down. She talks him down. And in the end, she grabs his stick. Oh, my God. His kendo stick, sorry. Uh, and uh, convinces him not to hit her with it. But before uh, she can start swinging for them, uh, Edge and Ray get in the ring, and uh, Balor and Priest get Ripley out of there,
2: basically. So I... Right. Am I to infer from this opening, what, half hour of telly, that the Judgment Day holds some kind of psychological sway over different members of the rescue Because like AJ Styles doesn't want to beat up Finn Balor. Is he been drawn mm-hmm. to Judgment Day? Obviously, Dom is and how long have they been teasing the Mysterio's breaking up? Long. I remember. So you've been like <laughs> yeah. the good thing about the bit, the only good thing about yours and Hamlet's bit is that the longer it goes on, the more absurd it's makes this tease feel. Um, So that's still bloody happening. Who can
1: see this coming?
2: It's one of those, it's very predictable, and that's fine, as I've said several times. Good wrestling storytelling is making you want to see something and then delivering upon it. Does anyone see Dominic Mysterio, not being funny, do out?
1: I like him growing his hair out.
2: I'll take a mullet every day of the week, but that's (laughs) the only thing he's got going for him. Like, if you're going to tease tease and tease and tease and tease and tease, do something that people really want to see and they're absolutely aching to see to the point where they're just willing to go along with however long it takes. Dominic Mysterio turning heel. Is anyone bothered about this man doing anything? I'm not being like harsh, but literally anything in the world or in a wrestling ring at least. So there's that. Um, Edge's zingers are very WWE scripted zingers. So I I just didn't have a lot of time for the... um, they're doing this thing as well. WWE. So I don't have much time for the first half an hour of the show. And there was a thing earlier, right, where they're doing the thing that's like, hang on, right? I thought this kind of bollocks was getting put to an end because it was a weird Vince quirk that never made any sense, and we're glad that, if nothing else, all of these little weird Vincisms are just out the picture now mm-hmm. that he himself is out the picture. Where well, they were just lie to you, they would just absolutely lie, no regard for continuity, and you come, they're complete disregard for your intelligence. That was a Vince thing. Now he's gone. Like Corey, uh, Corey Graves said something to the effect of, you know, can't beat the judgment day. You can.
1: <laughs> numerous occasions. Numerous I occasions
2: I have. So that, yeah.
1: Anyway, Miz and Champa are walking backstage when they are confronted. Oh, Hang on. Sorry, my notes are all a bit messed up here. They're confronted. Sorry, it's like a backstage chat they have with someone.
2: He's Kevin
1: Patrick. God. That's who it was. Um, i might trying to see how long I can drag that out for.
2: I could I could feel you getting a little bit too messined.
1: Um And he's asking We're about. Just loving that bit, weren't you? Yeah. but He's, uh, he's asking about what's gone on with with Dexter Loomis, obviously. And Miz does not want to talk about it. Uh, Loomis doesn't work here. He was arrested, obviously. Blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's move on. This will be revisited later. And then we got uh, basically a squash match. Uh, the team of Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss, unsurprisingly, squashed the team of local competitors. There was uh, Katie Arquette, Danny Mo, and Hi, Kayla Kayla Sparks, uh, apparently. Basically, it was like three minutes, uh, and I just wrote down the finish because it's a squash match. Sparks ate a KOD, and Asuka, I think, tapped out Danny Moe and... Lex took the other one out, basically, and they all cut a promo saying, ah, Bailey, you and your team on Saturday in Wales, we're going to beat you.
2: Yeah. That was it. Total waste of time. I've got a the squash match, right, is an introductory device. is absolutely phenomenal, right? It is significantly less effective when you've already been introduced to the act doing the squashing. Um, there are exceptions. Like, I would watch a Lance Archer squash any day of the week yeah. until he's, like, 60 years old. But unless you're an actual specialist at the form, which does deserve respect, uh, there are good, great, and bad versions of squash matches. But, like, this was pointless. This yeah. was utterly pointless. And guess what? Powerhouse Hobbs, his squash match, and Wardlow's squash match, they were pointless on Rampage as well.
1: Yes, apart from the spine buster, which was
2: nice. Nice.
1: Uh, and this was when we got Miz backstage with uh, Postman Pierce, saying that Loomis had been released from police custody. They're doing all the admin um, because Miz won't talk about it, and therefore they can't press charges. Um, despite the fact they got video evidence. Um, yeah. And anyway, Miz wasn't happy because he's been... <laughs> what is it? Out of the frying pan into the fire. Okay, you've, you've not been kidnapped anymore, but you are going to get wrecked by Bobby Lashley later, basically. And then we got a hometown hero returning. And to be fair, under Papa H... Um, They get treated a lot better than they used to. Um, He comes out. huge, Yeah, but obviously, you suck, Chance. Uh, He talks about being glad to be home. He does the usual gimmick of shilling for the pay-per-view, premium live event, and then he's uninterrupted. Shoosh, please. Shoosh. Shoosh. Shoosh, please. By the excellent Alpha Academy. Chad Gable, Otis come out. Uh, where's the nice? I've got it written down. Thank goodness. Chad Gable comes out, talks about Angle being a personal hero of his. Of course he is. he Should have been his son in the storyline. Um, mo- Angle, Angle, storying him, motivated him uh, in the Olympics. You won it with a with a broken neck. And Angle's like, up, oh, broken freaking neck. Nice pep again for that. Um, Gable says, look, Alpha Academy are on the lookout for a new member, but unfortunately, Randy, there's not a shred of talent in Pittsburgh. Um, the crowd reacts to that, obviously, and Gable says, hey, hey. Have some respect, there's an Olympic hero in this ring. Not to mention Kurt Angle. Nice. Nice. Always love that. Um, And he offers Angle a one-night-only membership in Alpha Academy. And uh, Otis goes to hand him a jacket. And Angle goes, nah. And Gable's fuming. Gable's so good. He says, are you serious? And Angle does the whole, it's true, it's damn true. But Gable shooshes him. Angle goes, shoosh, you shoosh. And they get a shush off. <laughs> don't shush a shusha. Dead this morning. I don't know why that got me. But, I mean, Chad Gable could say the most preposterous, ridiculous things. His delivery and obviously the fact he's just mint in the ring makes me think, I'm on your team, buddy. He's
2: the, he's the best. Uh,
1: so he sets, obviously, sets Otis on the man who's got a you know flimsy neck. He's going to kill him. But thankfully, wearing the the colours of the local sports team, one would assume, the Street Profits run out to make the save and Montes Ford challenges them to a match. But Gable puts a condition on that match. Uh, If we win, Angle has to join the Alpha Academy so that Gable can coach him to the next level. And they accept. I love this.
2: Yeah, like there are significantly worse ways to set up my least favorite thing, which is an impromptu match. I'll not pitch about that, even though more people should be pointing it out. And that's still very much a Vince McMahon thing. Um, Like they've obviously got great chemistry. The don't shusha shusha line. I don't know if this is a deep cut at um, TNA's expense, but Kurt Angle once had a line where he went, you can't work a worker, and I'm the greatest worker there ever was. And everyone just went, Huh? <laughs> I don't know if that was like a deep cut of all that stupid nonsense that needs to come out with in TNA, but that nonetheless, don't shusha shusha was ridiculous because he wouldn't earth would ever describe himself as a shusha. I love the fact that they're trying to make shusha like a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. But in Chad Gable's like stupid, deluded, narcissistic mind it is. chemistry was great. And look, it was uh, fun and I smiled.
1: Like you said, it really hammered it home in this segment, Chad Gable's he's completed it like if tomorrow they shouldn't please god know but if tomorrow they said budget cuts again chad gable you're gone a million percent he's coming back for one of these raw 28 years or whatever it is to do a shoe segment Yeah, that's it now that's it. he's Made. done
2: he's done he's got his t-shirt he's got his catchphrase he's got this thing that people identify with him he's just absolutely fantastic value and like, much like Sami Zayn, he's just worked out the system. Exactly. He's worked out the system. That system might not be in place. I think it actually is. Whatever's over is over. Even, yeah. if the, even if Triple H is a miserable guy who loves intensity and isn't really funny other than being a little bit sort of vulgar and jock-like, he knows what's over. And this is goddamn over. And
1: not to get too analytical about all this, but I think it's the one-two punch. So if a crowd aren't booing you, uh, you know, maybe he's not getting the reaction he wants and he shushes them. They're going to boo a bit more. Don't, yeah. don't tell me to shush. I'll shut I'll you or I'll drown you out. Yeah. And then it's like, if that doesn't work, it's like an emergency break glass. So if the shoosh doesn't work, uh, thank you. Oh, no. No, I've got to shut you up now. I'm sorry. It just works perfectly. Anyway, the match, unsurprisingly, was great fun as well. Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. Um, They go to break after Gable gives Ford an overhead suplex off the top. Oh, my God. Uh, I just love him. I just love watching him work. He's he's the best. Um, Angelo Dawkins makes a comeback after the break. Uh, hits Gable with a silencer to get a near fall. Gable gives him a German suplex and reverses a high cross from Ford off the top into a, a near fall as well. A Northern Light suplex again from Gable gets him a two count. Uh, Otis slams Ford and Gable hits a diving head, but thankfully Dawkins dives in to break it all up and everyone thinks Kurt Angle was this close to joining the Alpha Academy. Uh, Dawkins and Otis take each other out with a clothesline. Gable looking at Kurt Angle who sat there with his gold medal in his you know, singlet at the ringside. He drops the straps and he puts Montez Ford in the ankle lock. Uh, but Ford fights out of it, reverses it, puts in the ankle lock on him himself uh, and does the whole angle grapevine to think you make you think that that's the finish. But uh, Otis comes in to break it up. Otis goes to the outside to confront angle. And I know we often say you need to talk about him more, but you need to talk about him again here. Angelo Dawkins, the pounce that nearly sent Otis into the atmosphere, basically. And also... <laughs> I think nearly killed Byron Saxon because he went flying over the table. Um, and then Dawkins like sort of semi-pounces gable into the ring into a Ford suplex forward with that huge frog frog, frog splash off the top for the pinfall win. Post match. The Street Roberts do their solo cup drinking gimmick with angle, and he spits it out and says, No, 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 no. Let's have some milk. Just a just a real crowd, please, this one. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Like, look, I'm gonna be a Bit of a dick. Like, I'm watching this, what, 16-minute-long match thinking, right, this is going a little bit long given the stakes. Yes. It's all basically going to lead to Kurt Angle drinking some milk with the Street Profits. Yes, after they win. And it's nice. It's a good endorsement. Always great to see Kurt Angle. And, yeah, I didn't... There's this point where I'm like, this is dragging a bit. This only exists because the show is three hours long. When they do this every week, I will point it out every week. That being said... The Street Profits are long beyond needing to be carried or whatever. They are a great unit. They've enjoyed a great year in the ring. And Dawkins, again, these aren't hard takes, deserves just as much credit for his rate of improvement. But Chad Gable, like, just bumping so close to his neck to really put these guys over as two supremely powerful, awesome guys who work together exceptionally well is great. Um... They've dropped the fact that they looked like there was going to be a turn. Yes. Was that a Vince development that Triple H just went, why would I do that? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it's That's right fair decision. enough. And That is absolutely fair enough. Why would you, like, for the sake of continuity, destroy something just because the worst promoter in the world thought something was a good idea? Oh, for the sake of storyline continuity, we should do something that the old idiot... Thought we should do no, absolutely not. So that is absolutely fair enough. Yeah. There are going to be glaring continuity issues for two months. But if anything, it would be great if there was yes. R- wreck on the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. More, more continuity nightmares for me, please. Um, and yeah, just
1: not. To, I'm not going to you know bang on about this, but just nice to see smaller dudes like Chad Gable and Ricochet, you know, having a nice time. Not all winning, obviously, but just having a nice time at work and not being told. Twenty four seven stuff for you because you don't, you know, you don't reach. It's like a, a ride at I don't know old yeah, towers. Yeah, yeah. If you're not this tall, no, no chance. You no chance of are getting anywhere near the main event or title scene. And certainly, you know, if you're not if you're not above this height, you ain't winning. So
2: baby steps.
1: Yes. Uh, quick question before we move
2: on. Just to I say. usually congratulate babies for making baby steps, <laughs> not like obscenely wealthy corporations. How old you baby?
1: Thirty odd, somewhere, uh, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Um, How like, rich is your baby? Oh, no, no baby has ever had this much money to do the things that the baby needs to do.
1: Uh, quick question, because I just thought of it as you were talking about it there. What's the uh, milk situation in the Sidgwick household? Are we a green top household? Green top. Good. Semi-skimmed. Thoughts, thoughts on
2: skimmed milk? You know what? I don't think I've ever had it. It's
1: awful. It's atrocious. Like, whole milk... It's like a it's like a birthday treat almost.
2: Yes, but it's not as unhealthy as people make out. Isn't it? No, I don't think so.
1: Cause like, you know, if you're at someone's house and they got I've got whole milk, chug that on the cornflakes. What a treat that is. <laughs> right. But skimmed milk, it's oh, it's awful. Don't even try it, mate. Never had it? Semi skim milk. They've you've you've completed. You've
2: completed it. That's why I've never ever gone for any other kind of milk. Do you know what the best? I will always go for full fat if the unthinkable happens and there's no green tops in the supermarket. Mm. I'll just go full fat. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Put them on my uh, frosted flakes. Right. What's your cereal of choice?
1: Uh, We let's have this
2: conversation when he isn't here.
1: Yes. Quite right. (laughs) Just like (laughs) it's literally pointed in an empty chair. There. Um, I'll tell you what it is. Wee in the week, crunching at the weekend. <laughs> Treat yourself, but um, the best way of describing uh, skimmed milk, I don't know how it works in America. I don't know what they do, like five percent or something, don't they? Something like that. Uh, but imagine you've gone to have your cereal on a on a Saturday morning. You're in a bit of a rush. crunching. Yeah, they, they, so the kids have the kids have got to go to whatever they do, and you've opened the fridge and you've gone, oh bloody! Maybe hell. On the telly, come on. <laughs> You go over the bridge, and you go, oh, bloody hell. There's not enough semi-skimmed milk to go around. I'll just fill it up with water to make it go around. It's just like, oh, what happened to the proper milk? It's horrible. Don't go
2: near it. I like frosted flakes. Nice. I like... um Cocoa Pops. Oh, yeah, come on. yeah come, on. come on. Let's not grow up here. I think adult cereals are boring. I do like a maple and pecan cluster. Yes. But I do find that... Granola. I do find with the pecan and maple cluster that the whole point of cereal, it's like you get this big box of stuff that is cheap as out, and you can just wolf it in the morning, get a decent amount, so mm-hmm. you've got the energy to start and the a day. Stodge. Bit of stodge. Bit of and there's loads left, and it's like a good budget food. Like, don't uh, the uh, break of my ass, <laughs> 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 break of my ass with these goddamn uh, the portions.
1: Yeah, no, I, I've had that with like those ones that are like uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was like a, a granola cluster thing, and it was like oh, it's got a bit of yogurt or something in it, and I was like, cool, and like two bowls. I was
2: like, Finish? yeah, that's, that's finished. It's, it's all good. gone. It's all gone. I like yeah. a nice. Uh, Supermarket own brand Frosted yes. Flakes. That's the dream for me. Yeah. And I like the crunchy Nut no cone flake as well.
1: But absolutely. The uh, the fancier adult cereals You're breaking my
0: walls.
2: You're breaking my, you're burning my ass.
0: <laughs> Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Anyway, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. Review Monday Money Night Raw. Right, okay. Next, uh, Jimmy Smith said we, we were going to have a face-to-face segment here between Riddle and Seth Rollins, um, but they're going to be interviewed in separate rooms because there's something happened earlier, I quite like this is a little bit of a- Honestly,
2: this is a little bit of thought goes a long yes. way.
1: Uh, and they basically had fan footage, of which there was subsequently other fan footage, to be fair, uh, of Riddle and Rollins just getting a fight in the car park, which makes sense. If you hate each other, then there's a chance that you might turn up to work at the same time, and there isn't just going to be people going, you sit there and you park there. So they just got into it in the parking lot, and anyone who's nearby ran in and went, oh, bollocks, separate this. So then we get this sit-down interview i got to say, I love this, but maybe not for the reasons WWE wanted, me yes. to love it. So they sit down, Corey Graves hosts it, um, and uh, asks them what's going on with them and what happened earlier on the day, and they go back and forth, and Rollins says, oh, you creeping on my bus and stuff like that, and Riddles, they talk over each other, they argue, meh, 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 and they get into it, and then they say, we're going to fight, basically, clash at the castle, we're going to fight. Uh, Riddle said, Matt Riddle, I should point out as well, because, uh, Corey Graves called him Matt Riddle and even on social media posts, they've been calling him Matt Riddle. Thank Christ. Give, give everyone their first names back. Um, says, uh, I'm going to embarrass you, uh, Cody, I was about to say that. No, I'm going to embarrass you, Seth, just like Cody did and Roman Reigns did and Rollins gets fired up and says, there's nobody like me. Um, I'm going to end you on Saturday. I'm going to put you on the shelf next to Rhodes, basically. And Riddle signs off with a nice line saying, uh, I'm going to prove there's only one man in your marriage, Seth. And that's Becky, bro. Nice little zinger there. But it ain't over. This was very sort of John Jones and Daniel Cormier back in the day. Because they air footage of what happened when the, basically they went to break and someone went, clear. And uh,
2: I like this. Yeah. yeah
1: Rollins goes, uh, you still there? You still hear me? Which is Basically, exactly what John Jones said to Daniel Cormier when they it'll waited. be a Heyman
2: thing. This one hundred percent.
1: And uh, and he goes, <laughs> I wrote this down because I want to get this right. You want to talk about? You want to talk about my family? Let's talk about your family. Oh wait, you don't have one. Your wife divorced you and took your kids because they don't want to see your bitch ass anymore. Oh my god, what a line from Seth Rollins. This fires up riddle, who's basically saying, Where are you?
2: I'm gonna come and kill you, basically.
1: And dropping F-bombs as well. Oh, effing and Jeffing all over the place. It was just I loved this.
2: I honestly like the way the scene was filmed and framed rather than the F-words and yeah. the ooh, shoot stuff. Like the idea, and I say this on the AEW podcast, so guess what I'm gonna do, Willborn? I'm gonna be consistent. Right? Wow. I love the idea that it's a broadcast. Not this stupid bollocks thing that is so obviously written as illustrated when they say, oh, we don't have a main event, but obviously the characters are going to come out and create one because we've written that the characters are going to come out and create one because it's a fake show that you can't invest in. (laughs) It's been a problem with WWE for years, and while they continue to do impromptu matches, I will continue to point it out. It feels fake. I feel like an idiot for watching it, for luring myself to watch this obviously fake thing that holds my intelligence in contempt. When I talk about how AEW Dynamite doesn't do impromptu matches, they've done one proven exception, when that, they announce every match in advance. you were fuming when that happened. Yeah, I was fuming. And when they announce every match in advance, like little things like standby matches, if something goes too I short. That, yeah. I adore it. I adore the idea that you're doing these little detailed things to make it feel like a real immersive world that makes sense. It's got its own internal logic. All of these things are catnip for a pedantic nerd like me. <laughs> the idea that things just don't happen these little tiny beautiful nuances that let you know that this is a real show or they are emulating a real thing that could potentially feasibly happen in this little thing where you're still there because I'm, i'm saying something i would not have said just to promote our fight because it's more than just promoting a fight it's something i want to say to you right now you i really more than the content itself the detail that went into making it feel like a real, like, oh, yeah, that's what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to tell you. Man to man, I don't care about promoting the fight. I'm going to kill you. I really had so much time for the segment. It was the undoubted highlight of the show.
1: Yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, they congratulated Bad Bunny on winning a uh, MTV VMA. Um, and put over his, I'll just remember that. I always have a flashback to that Canadian Destroyer. On oh, Scott it's tremendous. And then we got uh, Bobby Lashley versus... Skip. Them. Yeah, I thought so.
2: I don't need to see, and I know Skip means Skip, I don't need to see Miz lose a match, the implication as being that he would have been competitive in were it not him being freaked out by Dexter Loomis. You're in there with Lashley. He'll break your ass in half.
1: Yeah, he got distracted by looking at Dexter Loomis, basically. And he might have won via school crushing finale, but no, he got submitted by the Hurtlock. Because of course he did, because it's Bobby Bloody Lashley. Anyway, enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Barney Dufton. Uh, thank you, Barney, who sent this email to me. One at Whatculture.com if you wanna. Send an email write up of your review alongside a five-star review, maybe on Spotify or, of course, on iTunes. Uh, I love this. We got this just four days ago, Sige, and I thought you'd really enjoy this, uh, particularly as you two are the Dadlies. Uh, Barney writes, Dear Adam and the Dadley Boys, long-time listener, first-time caller. Having two kids, more on that later, my capacity to watch wrestling has been vastly diminished over the past few years. So discovering your podcast has been invaluable in keeping me up to date with what's going on in this... And let me know which matches to seek out and which ones to skip. I wanted to get in touch to share the story of your inadvertent role in the birth of my second child. My wife was in the early stages of labor at home and decided that my constant presence in the room... Whilst this, w- w- uh, was, this going- was going to be more of an annoyance than anything else, she wanted to be left alone, as in her words, this little rat bag isn't going anywhere for a while. Piss off, and I'll let you know when it's time to go. Feeling about as useful as a screen door on a submarine, I decided to start cleaning every room in the house and periodically popping back in to check everything was okay. Whilst doing this, I stuck one ear- earbud in to listen to the latest pod, an NXT 2 oh, 8 review. Yeah. And then it all kicked off. I will spare the details. Thanks, Barney. Um, But in the space of 10 minutes, I went from cleaning the back of my microwave to holding my second child, having delivered her in my bathroom. It had all gone so quickly, I hadn't had an opportunity to call an ambulance, so just just had to wing it. Turns out it's just towels. I think it's a little bit more than that, Barney. I also hadn't thought about taking my earbud out, so my second child was born to the dulcet tones of Adam's Tony D'Angelo impression. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) She is literally a part of the family. (laughs) My only regret is she wasn't born on a Thursday. Just thought I'd share as the podcast is now keeping me company for the 3 a.m. night feeds and every time I hear Adam's Tony D, it is still triggering a kind of Pavlovian response and my heart rate shoots up. Hey, I'm giving birth (laughs) here! Barney writes, your choice of the five-star review. Review this week. My brain is currently soup. Take care.
2: That's an absolutely incredible story from which I'm going to infer that the patter... On the NXT 2.0 uh, preview is so hypnotic, so compelling, <laughs> that you forget to ring an ambulance as uh, your wife gives birth. <laughs> did, did he call the kid? Get back in touch. Oh, Tony with a Y or an I, depending on oh, yeah, uh, I he's a girl the who, old uh, gender. Yeah, I think. Tony with an I? Yeah, Tony with an I. Tony with an I, D E E D. Tony D, what's the guy said it? Uh Dofton. Tony D, Dofton. <laughs> Seriously, thank you so much for your custom. That yes. is an incredible story. Pop me daft on this Tuesday morning. Unbelievable stuff.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just incredible. Thank you so much for that, Barney. Um, and what we select... Well, Tony, do you want to tell them how we selected this clip?
2: Basically, all I want to do all day long, every day, because it amuses me to no end is to read thirst comments on in YouTube. I just, the way these people's brains work is just so unbelievably funny to me in a yeah. way that something like a really great, I love great scripted comedy, Curbs, Seinfeld, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Partridge, The Office, like, I, like classic era Simpsons. Yes. I'm all about exceptional comedy. For whatever reason, nothing creases me up Quite as much as the thirst and YouTube comments because it's just so imaginative. Yeah. So basically, when you said, Oh, some guys saying it's dealer's choice effectively, I went, right, okay. Cause me and Hamlet have got this game where every now and then, if we're stuck for inspiration and we want them like the creative juices yeah, yeah, to yeah. start flowing and like have a bit of a laugh and like bang, right, I'm in the zone again. Say, so, yeah, right, Hamlet, Google air, uh, go on YouTube, type in Jacqueline, WWF 1998, and we'll see what the comments are. And we'll just pop each other in, like, yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah. boom. Creative juices off loan, so I said Murray, give me the name of a diva who was popular in the two thousands, and he said Kelly Kelly. I went Wilborn, find one of the first things you see on YouTube, and I guarantee there'll be a treasure trove of perversion.
1: Yes, uh, you are in luck today. Uh, <laughs> really, is an interesting comment section on this. Yeah, the amount of times I've had because the way we're located in the office, I have uh, Adam Nicholas and Adam Cleary actually sat behind me, so that you can obviously see my screen, and sometimes they'll just see me click on a WWF. The WWE NSFW post. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not being filthy. I'm scrolling straight down for the comments or whatever, you know, Jim Ross is like this week. Um, <laughs> so we go back to, I think, 2011 and the oh, instantly memorable match of Kelly Kelly and Edge, who was World Heavyweight Champion at the time, versus Vicky Guerrero. And uh, I had no recollection of this whatsoever. Her tag team partner, Drew McIntyre.
2: I've, uh, you know how you do Famous
1: the- Welshman, Drew McIntyre. Yes.
2: You know how you do the Hanford, set the scene. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know what's going on here.
1: All we know is, I think if Vicky loses this match, he's fired, basically. Uh, I'll be honest, we're not going to review the match because it was dreadful. It was SmackDown 2011, so nothing happens in the match. I'll just give you the finish, and then we'll go from there. And let's be honest, we're only here to get to the comment section. So uh, Drew is dominating Edge after uh, Vicky has slapped Edge and he's turned around and Drew's dropped him with a really high kick that if he'd lifted his other one up, would have been a finisher. Um, so she yells at him in, in that shrill tone of hers. He goes to that future shock DDT of his. Uh, that gets reversed into a DDT from Edge and he, Edge starts doing that spear setup that he did. In is the, he going to
2: that place?
1: Like, it was that bit where he
2: just is he going to that place? pushes his hair
1: back like, try and get the fans to chant, chant spear, and no one really did. No one cares. Um, it's uh, not good. Vicky gets in the ring. Poor guy. She starts, she's begging, please, please don't spear Drew McIntyre. And I sent you this clip with, with the words, this is one of the worst spears I've ever seen. It's a Kelly Kelly spear, ladies and gentlemen. Any, any analysis you want to give? Because um, Edge used to hug people and fall over. That was yeah, bad enough.
2: Yeah. You know, um, the Rocks will float over DDT. Yes. Imagine that without a DDT.
1: <laughs> so, yes, Vicky gets speared. Not out of her shoes, but out of the ring. Uh, and uh, then, uh, of course, Edge then spears Drew McIntyre. One, two, three. Edge wins. Vicky Guerrero is going to be fired, and we get the old rated R superstar. When did he start doing that, Tony Chimmel?
2: I don't know. Nor... Do I care?
1: No, I thought that was coming. Um Vicky, you know, the 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 magnitude of this situation has dawned on Vicky. It's the end of the line for her. You yeah. know, she's the she's out of work and she's devastated. And you get the whole, you know, it's the Mac militant. And how comes Teddy Long just dancing? Just dancing. Edge starts dancing with him. Someone's gonna lose their job. And uh, one of the best. Teasers, I I remember from back in the day on SmackDown, because I'd never watch it, obviously, because they just show the highlights on Raw. But they were like, stick around. Maybe someone's going to lose their job after the break. So we go to break. When we come back, um, Michael calls on commentary, and he says, really, like, you you know, you think about their serious tone that they use sometimes. He says, well, I hope Teddy Long has it heart and reconsiders and gives Vicky her job back as SmackDown consultant. Teddy's busy going, are we on? Are we on? Yeah, they are on. Uh, and the crowd are doing the whole na 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 na, hey 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 song, which always makes me think of when Jim Ross had to say it and he'd never, like, I didn't really know a lot about it. We don't really do that much in England, do we? The na na na, hey, nah. hey hey so It's Vince's it favourite spiteful thing you in You pick it, it up from watching wrestling quite quickly, so I thought Jim Ross would know how to do it. But I remember when he did it, it was like someone was feeding him the like, words one by one. So he'd like go, nah. Na-na-na-na.
2: na, na, na,
1: na. na, 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 na. Hey, hey,
2: hey. You know what that means. Say, hey, na-na-na.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Teddy says, uh, Vicky, what are you going to say? And she grabs the from and She goes, Teddy, I'm so sorry. I don't know She said, Daisy Duke. Teddy, I'm so sorry. I'll be the best employee ever. Please, I'm begging you, she says. I'm begging you! She's doing that. Uh, oh, just, oh, just. Teddy it's just death. looks it's just at That's just death, isn't it? That's, yeah. what you want. That's what you want when you hear it. Teddy just looks at her. Massive grin on his face says, Vicky, you're fired. <laughs> Snap, crackling, huge baby. <laughs> so Vicky's, de- she's desperate now. Yep. She's looking around. Who can help her? She runs to the outside. Ask Scott Armstrong to reverse the decision. I need your help. She's she's oh she's just oh, my ears yeah, are bleeding. Yeah, yeah, She's the worst. But it was good when she went. Remember to when she was
2: a, in AEW for some reason? Yeah. Why, why 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 did they do that? I don't know. She brought she brought Andrade, didn't she? Yeah, and she's managing Nyla Rose as well, who's a great promo. Wow. Yeah, don't, inter-
1: hire, don't,
2: don't 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 sign everyone.
1: Not everyone. Uh, but she's lovely. She's a lovely person. I will always defend her to the hill. Oh yeah, I don't like the character. Yeah yeah. Is she lovely? Yeah, I've yeah, interviewed yeah. her on numerous occasions. She she couldn't have been nicer. Gay. Who's uh,
2: not necessarily represent uh, what <laughs> culture?
1: So she goes to beg Booker, and this is, this is peak era Booker T, in my opinion. He just laughs straight in her face, and he goes, "What you want? What you want your job back? You're fired. You're gone." Like <laughs> that. Not much sympathy from Booker, but she does get some from Michael Cole, who says, "Vicky, I know. I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I'll talk to him, Vicky. I'm so sorry. I'll do what I can." She's she's like just like a trapped rat now. She's just grabbing. Him. She grabs the cameraman. He's like away from me, begging her, uh, begging him. A Booker in typical Booker style. Remember when he used to have his like Faye five and they change every one, yeah, five yeah. seconds. Booker goes, God, I feel sorry for him. And Cole's like, feel sorry for her. You literally just laughed in her face. Anyway, Vicky gets the mic and she says, Edge, hey, you know we had that great chemistry together. My heart was always... What are I don't you
2: know. doing? My heart was always with you. I think you just got high on the voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now the voice is yes. applied to everybody else.
1: You're the world champion. You can help <laughs> You can help me. Please, I'll do anything. Good. I need my job. And Edge looks at her like a piece of... She's grabbing onto his leg at this point. Edge, Edge looks like a, like a piece of crap. And she says, Vicky, you're right. I can help you. I can help you get your job back. But instead... I'd rather sing, and he does the na-na-na-na-hey-hey song. Vince is
2: mean. obviously masturbating in the back. He loves this song so much, it drives him to sexual ecstasy.
1: So, what would you say, It's feel like going back in school, would you say the crux of this whole thing was? Would you say it's the match, or would you say it's the outcome of the match?
2: No, the pulse match angle. What do you think the comments are con-
1: concentrating mostly on? I'll give you a clue. I'll run you through the people in the match. You tell me when you think it's the person. Oh, yeah, yeah, gets. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good game. World heavyweight champion Edge. I don't think so. Okay. Person who gets fired, Vicky Guerrero. Surely, yes. Future world champion, Drew McIntyre.
2: People love to talk about the song. If there's, oh, God, God broken. There is. bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. There isn't, yeah.
1: unfortunately. Or Diva Kelly Kelly. Mm
2: think maybe, yeah.
1: Right. First of all, before we get to the... Re- I want to point out this, this TJ guy, because I was scrolling through the comments, because on the WWE version of this, obviously the comments are turned off, but not on the other version, the hooky versions, basically. I love this. Like, it was just, I get it, Vicky was really annoying, but we all knew where this story was going at the end of the day. But I love getting so, like... Ugh, imagine being, like, this angry. And imagine thinking she's going to see this. She can be, you know, at home with no job re-watching this video. Not on your WWE's thing. Why would she give them... Uh, yeah. You? You're going to be watching this knockoff bloke who's just taped it off tell. For Vicky Guerrero, TJ writes, It's too late to apologize. That's what you get for firing and Edge on the 600th episode of SmackDown. What goes
2: around comes around.
1: <laughs> I love that. I, just,
2: I love that. i proper into it. I'm <laughs> into SmackDown in 2011. He wrote it twice. I saw it in two different comments. Like, just in case. it might be
1: like six months later.
2: She hasn't seen it yet. I don't even think Jobber Nation was in the SmackDown in 2011.
1: <laughs> Stacey Williams. Right. Again. Think. she used the Sidgwick phrase. Think of the ground this covers. This is one of my most memorable matches.
2: What? Why?
1: I, I don't. I remember her getting fired. If you'd have put a gun to my head and said, outside of Edge and Vicky, who else is in that match? No shot. Well, it's
2: funny because in the in the office, we very much played a game. Yeah. Did we not play a game oh, sorry, in the yeah. office?
1: Well, I almost pressed the five-star review, review jingle there. It's time,
0: it's time to play the game!
2: And you said, you'll never guess this, who partnered with Vicky Guerrero yeah. to save her job against a combined team of Edge and Kelly Kelly. He even give us a clue. Still in it. He's doing well. Who? <laughs> it's 2011 SmackDown. How could anyone remember this? Much less think it's unforgettable.
1: You said Dolph Ziggler.
2: I said guess. Dolph, because eh, you know, he's, he's aligned with Vicky Guerrero.
1: Right, let's not mess about now. Well, before we get to one more, uh, Jay Williams. Now, before I read this, a reminder, this is not even the views of Jay. This is the views of another wrestler who sang about this in a song that we probably will never cover in the five-star five review because it's aged like milk. Vicky dresses like a hooker and not the expensive kind.
2: Adam Adam Wilborn. You have, in fact, reviewed this on the five-star review <laughs> review. Of course, of course you have. Of course you have. It's
1: the rock song. It's great. It's still good. Anyway, right, let's get to the Kelly Kelly stuff, because that's what we're all here for, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Josh Lockett writes, Hey, everyone, Kelly Kelly's my girlfriend. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think she is, though. Imagine that. I, I'm going to tell the world that I'm dating Kelly Kelly. I'll put it in the YouTube comment section, probably. What? What, like trying to impress as well. I know,
2: I know. Um, Timothy. Actually,
1: I'm going to read this one first. So he's pretending to be Kelly. Don't right? forget the other
2: one. I want, I want all the comments He's yeah. selected. again. Yeah. He's
1: pretending to be Kelly Kelly's boyfriend, Oh my I God. assume. Why? Someone here has an avatar of Kelly Kelly. And her name is, hi, I'm Kelly. I, I,
2: I, I'm obviously convinced.
1: Comment reads,
2: I was going to take off my top. I'm <laughs> gonna start role playing. Are they gonna start being that kind of thing? I
1: hope not. Uh, Timothy Kyle, full simp now. The face of a gorgeous princess, the hands of a goddess, and a body no man can resist. I've never heard like people getting excited about her feet stuff, hand stuff I've never heard.
2: Hey, to each their own. Mm, exactly. As long as you're not hurting anyone.
1: Oh, I should point out these do not reflect the views of myself to Daddy was or anyone at what culture wrestling. Uh, especially not this, Douglas. I won't give his surname, just to protect his identity. Think of like, this is a bit like, you know when people say, oh, I wish I had a time machine so I could go back and bet on the final. No, you want to be a millionaire. There's yeah. A, the time machine's... A, Doug, Douglas writes, oh, I hope reincarnation is real because I want to come back as her bikini. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think you can come back as things, can you? <laughs>
1: You want, I get what you want to do, but to go to anyway.
2: Uh, I... Hang on. So, the, the bikini in this segment, or just the bikini at all times? I think
1: bikini all times.
2: All of the bikinis. Oh yeah. What, you... what, what? What if it's one and shit and it comes? Oh my god! I'm Kelly Kelly's bikini, and she puts it on. So I don't really like this one. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> kind, whoa, of no, no. For, kind of chase my kind chase my crotch, bit. That was the point. That was the point. Stupid. Uh, Omnicloud.
1: Not all, all uh, complimentary about Kelly Kelly, these uh. comments. She's hot, but... But? Still hate how her name is the same thing twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will say there's a response to this. I can't remember who wrote it down. It's just, it, remind, it popped in my head and I forgot to copy it, but I was going to mention it to you because someone else wrote, Kelly Kelly, so nice I got a boner twice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that Mr. Bona Bona? Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. I, lo- I love it so much. What are they hoping to achieve? That's my favourite thing. Yeah. And what are they hoping to achieve? It's one thing that when they've got like Mr. 420, 69 or yeah. something, and it's like, you know, it's some dickhead on dickhead horny teenager who's just trying to, you know, I don't know what do they think is going to happen? Do they think Kelly Kelly spends her personal time going, let's check in on the YouTube comments and <laughs> see if there's any suitors there. Because you know, I've, I've tried Bumble, I've tried Tinder, I'm an extre- I've tried Hinge. I'm an extremely attractive woman who, you know, mixes in sort of celebrity circles and, you know, they all have it off with each other <coughs> and all the rest of it. Right. Uh, you, know what, you know what my problem is? Me being Kelly Kelly. I haven't been approached for a while. What options have I really got left? Now I'm Kelly Kelly. What have I? Go, I could go on the YouTube comments.
1: <laughs> I also like the idea of logging on and going. I'm going to take my top off. Well,
2: I don't remember writing it, but that's me. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> just remember, just a reminder as well. We watched you and I sat down and watched a 2011 SmackDown match, Bog Standard 2011 SmackDown match that ended with Vicky Guerrero getting fired, and K. L. Kuthi replied, oh, "Ruined, no, not November because of this." Of everything on the internet, this is what broke your No not November pr- promise. <laughs> Final couple of comments. These definitely do not reflect the views of myself. The Deadly boys don't know what culture gonna I I'm just going
2: to change the name by d now. Oh, God, I'll speak, I'll speak Kelly then.
1: Ooh, you're so mysterious. I, f- I feel like I recognize you. Uh, Rob. <laughs> so, Final couple. Just writes... Oh, I want a stink face. <laughs> <laughs> I want a stink face from Kelly Kelly. Probably smells like sweet roses.
2: <laughs> uh Isn't the ad, isn't the <laughs>
1: Proly as well, right? Did right probably. Prolly. Sweet roses.
2: What do they expect is go what possesses them?
1: well the best one if you if you're gonna use take that, attack, is the final comment, which I just, it's really affected my day. I've got to be honest. My productivity took a nosedive when I read this. This does not reflect the views of myself, oh, oh, the Daddy Boys, anyone oh, oh. what culture Wrestling. It's from Francis Kelly, who two years ago. Oh my. So, 2020. It's our brother, is it? I hope you, you hope not. <laughs> it like, could be. Actually, now you've mentioned it. On video of Kelly Kelly. Right. Kelly Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you come to my granddad's house, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> you me you she went on to reply. This is Kelly Kelly. Like,
2: oh. Is there a follow-up on that? No,
1: there's no follow-up. But I do like the idea that if it was two years ago, that means it's mid-pandemic and Kelly Kelly can come to her granddad's house.
2: Come to my granddad's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is what has possessed him there? I don't know. What's the what do the want to happen at the granddad's house? Is that the granddad a big Kelly Kelly fan? So I think granddad's
1: yeah, Francis get that sweet old Kelly Kelly to come around these parts.
2: <laughs> I've been watching this NXT two and quite frankly, I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Bonnie. If you're stuck for a
1: name, Kelly, or Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> I
2: going to review the rest of the show.
1: Uh, so, yeah, uh, where are we? Back to Monday Night Raw. Thank you to Barney for that. If you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related for us to review, mainly just read the comments. What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, you can leave us a five-star review on there, or you can leave a five-star review on Spotify, and just email me your five-star review, adam.willwin at whatculture.com. Uh, I did. I will say I did like Champa protecting the Miz in this. There was one point where you know Lashley's Lashley's been like binging people off uh, ring posts. Skip means skip. I know, but I wanted to mention the bit where he went to throw Miz against the ring post and Champa was just holding onto it like a koala bear or something. But yeah, um, Miz was trying to explain to Champa that it was Loomis up there, but obviously Champa didn't see it. And moving on. Uh, they do the Edge and Kurt Angle gimmick backstage, which was a nice That callback. was a nice touch. It's the photos with the you suck written on it, but he wasn't on the first one because Kurt was smart to that, and then he realized he's been insulted from that. And then... Dominic it, ter- Dominic was terrible again.
2: Yeah, and then Ray... He Dad, Why do not you want a family? me? Clash at the castle, Dad. Well, you know, it's family stuff lad. Like, yeah, but I'm part of the family, yeah, but, you know, yeah, he's, Edge is good. Yeah. Edge, edge is, wins matches. Edge wins matches. Edge is good. You're a waste of space, Dominic. All right? Do something with your life. Telling me there's a chance,
1: though. He raises his father on his shoulders after defeating the Judgment Day in Wales. And then maybe just just ever so slightly. It's like you always said, i to be so pissed if that happens and I'm not there. I'll be furious. Oh,
2: absolutely. Love it.
1: <laughs> uh, we get a lovely video on uh, Connor the Crusher. and Conor This was lovely. This really, really nice, nice that. Uh, and then they confirm that this Friday, Roman Reigns is going to celebrate two years as champion. Uh, and that is followed by the Usos and Sami Zayn coming out. And the Usos boast about the tribal chief and the bloodline and all that. Uh, and Zayn reveals what could possibly go wrong here. That Reigns has uh, named him Master of Ceremonies for Friday celebration. Buzz in for that. Normally, I don't really stress about watching the SmackDown before the paint, but this one, I watch that at the bare minimum. Uh, Jay still hates Sami Zayn, basically. Jimmy's Jimmy's nice to him, as we saw on SmackDown. Um, They boast about being the best team in WWE, do the Usos, and Kevin Owens interrupts uh, to say that Roman still owes him one. And uh, Jay asks Zayn, is this your boy? And... uh, Owens just laughs when Jay threatens to get him if Sami Zayn doesn't do it first. Look, Zayn says, look, Roman, the tribal chief, you know, he doesn't owe you one. Uh, he doesn't owe anyone anything. Um, and Owen says, you make yourself look stupid, Sammy, by hanging out with the bloodline and letting him treat them the way that you do. Uh, he says, you're one of the best in-ring performers of all time. Gets a nice cheer for that, quite right. But now you're just the bloodline's clown. It's sad. And Zayn takes a moment and says... No, I don't know what you're talking about, Kev. Jimmy likes me, and they do their special handshake. And Jay, and he, they have a little look at each other. Sammy's saying just makes this work. But we're working on it. Uh, but most importantly, Roman likes me. I do feel like they're doing the Triple H Eugene storyline weirdly here. But anyway, um, Jay mentions what they did to Drew McIntyre, tells Owens to leave. Owens says, I don't care about that. But a bit of LTST says, I do care about what you did to me, Jay. When I almost ended Roman Reigns' title reign 18 months ago, uh, maybe on Friday you're going to be celebrating having your head shoved up his ass for two years, basically. And Zayn says, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, calm down, Kev. You're inviting Jay to, to kick your ass." And Owens just says, "Yeah, let's just get a referee out here, basically, an impromptu match." Oh,
0: boy! It's, no. it's
1: Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn, so I love it.
2: No. I love I've liked the stuff. I love Sammy's chemistry with the bloodline. It's great. Don't you see an impromptu match? Well, then we got Kevin Owens versus
1: Jey Uso. Um, Kev's about to hit an apron powerbomb on Jay, but Jimmy distracts him and Jay super kicks him and then hits a Samoan drop onto the steel steps on the outside. When we come back, they're fighting on the top rope. Owens hits that beautiful fisherman's buster he does off the top uh, and hits him with a swanton to get a near fall. Goes to the and Jay blocks it. Owens blocks a super kick. Hits one of his own. Uh, Jay slips out of a pop-up power bomb. Hits a super kick. Hits a diving splash again. He gets a two count. Uh, Owens hits super kicks on both Jimmy and Jay. Uh, and Frog splashes Jay for a near fall again. Sets up for an apron power bomb, but uh, Sami Zayn being there distracts him, and Jay uses that to hit this wild suicide dive out of the ring. Uh, Jay. Tells Sammy's Zane to grab a chair. Jimmy takes the referee. Jay's got Kevin Owens in the ropes, holding his head out. Clonk him, Sammy. But Sammy just can't do it. And uh, as Jimmy bollocks uh, Sammy for not being able to do it, Jay turns round into a stunner from Kevin Owens. One, two, three. Lovely stuff.
2: Yeah, it was a good match. I'm just. They're trying to tell the story that the Usos are the. And they do it with Dax Harwood too much on Dynamite as well. They're trying to tell the story of the Usos are currently having the most dominant tag team title reign in all of goddamn creation. They are part of the bloodline, which is the biggest deal in WWE history this year. And like, they lose every single week. <laughs> <laughs> like, they lose. They seem to lose singles matches every single goddamn week. And it's a bit of a cheat code with AEW. Now I think they've done it too much with Harwood, where, oh, you know, he's a tag wrestler. Yeah, it's fair. They don't really emphasize that enough on WWE TV is a different discipline. Um, but like the Dax Harwood match is always like fantastic. So it's like, yeah, he loses, and then probably loses too much. But ultimately, it, they just about get away with mm-hmm. it and get the all-important acclaim because, you know, that the matches are great. Like these Usos matches aren't even great. Mm. So it's not as if, like, right, okay, Dax Harwood's going to give you an absolute four and a half star 12 minutes every time. You don't get that with this, so I don't understand why they do it as often as they do. Uh, I don't like either, by the way. One's just about passable. Yeah. It's a character development.
1: Bailey, uh, sorry, BSK, where are my manners? Uh, caught a promo saying they're going to win on Saturday and they're going to win tonight, basically. Uh, and then you see Miz hightailing it out of the arena with Champa following him and he just, I just don't want to talk about it, just leave me alone. Gets in his SUV. And as he drives off, you can see Dexter Lewis is hiding in the back. It's a guilty pleasure, man. Well,
2: what's going on? You I, I I can't, really can't get jailed, right? Because no one's pressing charges. Yes. I don't know how the legal system works in America. Oh, I granite, don't. Yeah. But like surely he's revealed to himself to be a repeat offender at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's constantly trying to kidnap and interrupt the show in because it's state to state mm. they're not doing a residency shouldn't this man who is at large if it crosses state jurisdiction should he be I shouldn't be the FBI be on his case. <laughs> is that how it works in the Twin Peaks pilot? They, um, one of the murders, um, or the, like intended murder victims crosses state lines or like crosses country lines or whatever. Mm. So it's like, all right, I've get the FBI in. So the local police force can't do it by themselves. It's like, it's got national like ramifications. So you have to, this has got national, like Dexter Loomis is a threat to the United <laughs> States of America and seemingly everybody in it. And yeah. nah, that's fine because I, It's bollocks. It's yeah. Vince bollocks. But I do quite, I do like it.
1: Until he wrestles. And then I'll be like, so I what's, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, granted. Uh, and then
2: we get... Uh, if you put him in like a tag team or something, you can have limited good character workers. I don't even think it's like, oh my God, he can't blink. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. All right? oh, this guy, you know, he's, he looks like $100. Um, he's got great aerials. This guy's got great submission skills as well. Um, great promo. Um... Hot merch seller. We should absolutely, he pretty much ticks every box, man. I think we should push him. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about this guy? He can't blink. Sold. <laughs> yeah, sold. Just, he can't blink. This guy looks
1: so good. He's got all these. Wait a second. Roll that footage back. Oh my God, he blinked. Um. <laughs> out of my sight. <laughs> um, right. No event time. No? No, Johnny Gargano Next. He's sat in the stands. uh, talked about Johnny Wrestling is uh, isn't just a nickname. Wrestling means everything to him. Talks about Theory potentially ruining his return. He said, no, it was nice to see him. Uh, he said, look, he's very talented. We saw that in NXT. He had every genetic gift that he didn't have. Uh, so he didn't have to start at the bottom. Um, didn't hear anything for Theory from nine for nine months, not even after his baby was born, hence why they were going at it, basically. Theory shows up behind him and says, hey, chill. I don't want any problems, but why don't you call me? You know, wh- Why don't you call me? I won the US title. I won money in the bank, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what are too busy changing diapers and stuff like that maybe it's because you're jealous Uh, maybe uh, you you know you wanted to do what I've done basically Uh, he says it's lonely at the top pointing at his Money in the Bank briefcase but he warns Gargano that he's swimming with the sharks now cool Uh, look look, out and now this
2: yeah like there's a really good reason for these guys to feud I just don't care about it the story's solid I just can't find myself caring
1: I'm I'm only into this if this gets the briefcase of Johnny Gargano. to be perfectly honest uh, and then we got the main event hey. it was the women's tag team titles uh, the championship tournament finals it was uh, Tokoa Kainio Sky versus Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah uh, there was a nice video package before, beforehand highlighting the uh, two teams fighting here um, Kai and Sky work well together early on they're cutting corners of course they're the heels they drive Aaliyah into the steel steps Rodriguez gets hit with a PK from Kai uh, that takes us to a break when we come back Rodriguez just launches uh, EO Sky into Co- Dakota Kai but couldn't tag out because Aaliyah's down I think she's been shoved into the steps again actually Rodriguez makes her own comeback uh, hits Sky with an elbow drop two count Sky responds with a code red two count for her Uh, Rodrigo hits Sky with a clothesline, but then Sky gets an assist from Bailey because Kai's distracted the referee. Kai hits a running boot, Sky hits the moonsault, but Rodriguez kicks out. Bailey keeps trying to interfere, so out comes Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka to chase Bailey away into the stands. Sky and Kai are distracted. Aliyah tags herself in, but, you know, slips off the apron, so no one knows except for the people who are really paying attention. Uh, So Sky and Kai double-team Rodriguez, and Aaliyah slips in, rolls up to Kota Kai. One, two, three. Wow, we have new <sighs> women's tag team champions. Finally, it is Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Uh, and the show goes off the air with Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Bliss congratulating them. And they pose with the belts. And the fireworks go off. Not what I would have called this, not
2: Nor no, no, is it what I would have done either. Let's be generous, right? That's what we are doing now, apparently, <laughs> with the Fed. Triple H is trying to reimagine this company in his own image. He's trying to course-correct in an absolutely abysmal period, i.e. the last however many years, realizing that hardly anyone on the show is over. The actual fans who still watch don't really like wrestling very much. Um, let's get loads of people over in... Obviously, you're going to have to do different ways of doing that. Like, you can't have 10 squash matches per show. It's not superstars. So he's trying to think of how to get a lot of different people over. And he's trying to get this heel unit over as um, this dominant force who've aligned with Bailey, who's a star, and they just steamroll this tournament. But then they're losing the final um, through sort of, not underhanded means, but, like, look, basically. So you get the... The, the sort of naive baby faces come good in the end. And you know, the the heels who've been established, it's such a they're so powerful that it's a fluke, but then they've got another direction to go in. Um I think he's tried to do too much here and on to the benefit of who? I'm not being funny, Alea's terrible. Like Ilya's absolutely terrible, what an absolutely indictment. I didn't
1: realize quite how long she'd been in a system
2: for. Yeah, a terrible indictment of the system. Uh maybe it's like a thank you. I like they call it like a golden watch or a golden handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um performance of this match was not good and I think they are like they, they lean into the fact that the performance is a bit of an out of a depth geek who's got enough about her to you know do something there's a bit where she's like motioning to do a dive to the outside and I think it's Sky and Kai are both like crouching by the ring steps having disappeared and it's like you know she, you probably still see them she's actually got a good vantage point of being in <laughs> yeah. the ring you know it's not like a brick wall they're ropes through which she can see, and she goes out the ring and she goes, what the? You know, like the whole her- terrible sitcom thing. What the? <laughs> and then she, goes, she actually goes outside, this woman, and she can see, what the? And then they get the heat. It's this woman, this, this character's an idiot. The
1: thing that, And I
2: understand. <laughs> Let it play out. Wasn't the legal man. So maybe they're doing a dusty finish, where it'll be pointed out, after clash at the castle, hang on. You don't deserve these titles. That's what we call in the business, mate. A dusty finish. So you get the win without winning, but the heels will come good and they'll cheat in the next bloody match. But ugh, didn't you didn't you like that dusty finish? Wouldn't you want to see that again? Maybe that's his way of getting the baby faces over I would Absolutely not in a millionaires years strapped up Triple H has got the Vince McMahon thing that I called from day friggin' one, right? He's got people who he thinks are going to get over, and it's like, mate, I watched NXT Black and Gold. Carrying Cross was not over. Look at the numbers. Alea, she's pretty you've got a pretty good sample of if she's going to be over or not. Did she get over in seven years? <laughs> no, well, she probably ain't going to get over. But because Triple H likes these performers, he's going to try and get them over. And isn't that exactly what people loathed to their core? Of, this match was terrible, by the way, as well. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the, the wind didn't get much of a reaction. He got the, the oh, my God, a title switch pop, oh. Isn't that for years? Oh, what's Triple H pushing Roman Reigns for as a baby face. Uh, Vince McMahon, what's he pushing uh, Roman as a baby face for like five, six years before they realize, so oh, that's not working. Oh, why is Vince gone with Vladimir Kozlov for
0: <laughs>
2: 15 months? Aren't these things that were like, you're only doing this because there's a monopoly. You're not doing this for the benefit of the fans. It's clearly not working, so now you're being stubborn about it. You're doing this because you think it's going to be a start, and the the evidence, in terms of the rain, the the noises in the arena, they're telling you it's not going to happen. It's actually irritating to watch Jinder. Like, Jinder, Roman Reigns, uh, Vladimir Kozlov, (laughs) top dollar carrying across a layer. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Like, no one is begging for these pushes. They haven't earned these championship wins or these main event profiles because it never got over in their life. You know. I mean, they probably fired anyone, everyone who might have got over once yes. upon a time. So it might be out of luck. But there's a lot of what well, the, the thread of this podcast, if you somehow missed it, <laughs> is that Vince books a lot like Triple H and Triple H books a lot like Vince.
1: Yeah. I Like I say, I was, you know, I'm intrigued to see this play out, obviously. But I, even the big picture stuff, I don't really get because, like, like I said, I would have put the titles on, on Kai and Sky, even if you want to do some sort of shenanigans that makes them run this match back. Because, like you say, they're going to go to Clash at the Castle now. And what's going to happen is probably going to happen. Probably probably Bailey's team going to win there because they're more of a cohesive unit, blah, blah, blah. And they can parlay that into Bailey going after Bianca Belair. Yeah. And then Alexa and, and Asuka can be like, when oh, they win the tag. Regardless, you're going to hot potato the women's tag titles, which you shouldn't do because. They're barely, they barely got any meaning yeah, you right need now. To just anyway, keep
2: it simple, stupid. And
1: like, I get it. What you're gonna do is you can put them on the baby faces. They're gonna go. Wait a second, Dakota Car wasn't legal. Controversy, blah blah blah. Let's run it back. Like you say, maybe you run it back again on TV, and uh, they cheat. The BSK team cheat, and they go right. Decider on premium live event. Well, Extreme rules. I think is the next Jesus one. Christ. Right. Because you're building up to, right, okay, Dakota Kai and Sky are officially the tag champions. Who could possibly challenge them? Oh, Sasha and Naomi are back. I get why you're doing that, and you're not going to do it here. So how can we extend this? But why do you need to put the titles on He's Aliyah and completely Raquel Rodriguez? completely
2: overthought it. Yeah. Completely overthought it, where ambition to get loads of people over at once, sometimes just it's overthought, unfocused, stupid stuff. Like Triple H has done stuff like this before. It's not like it's not like Bill Watts. (laughs) It's Bill Watts, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, twenty years.
1: Uh, but let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at what WWE. Well, actually You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidwick at...
2: M. Um, Sidgwick.
1: Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at yeah. WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you uh, subscribe to what Culture Wrestling on iTunes for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sid will be back later to preview NXT. Oh, uh, and also, whilst you're there, uh, you can leave us a five-star review, suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related, just like Barney Dufton and his... Expanding family did. Thank you so much for that, Barney, once again. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.
2: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall.
1: Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustolium's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with 5 different spray patterns
0: so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else Custom Spray
1: 5-in-1 only from Rustolium.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science